Hello, and welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers Podcast. We are four homeschooling mamas with a combined 32 years of experience homeschooling our 12 kids, and our homeschools are anything but Pinterest perfect. Whether you are a veteran homeschooler, a new homeschooler, or just homeschool curious, we want to encourage you in your homeschooling journey and offer you practical tips and tools to make your homeschooling life easier. We're so glad you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Relatable Homeschoolers. We're so glad to have you back with us as we launch season two. We want to talk today just about some general homeschooling stuff. We're going to do a check-in with everybody. We're recording this in January. It's going to hit you guys in early February. And we just want to talk a little bit about what homeschooling looks like seasonally, what homeschooling has looked like in this current climate that we're in, and also a little bit about homeschooling during break times and restarting afterward and fresh starting. There will be a lot of you, if you are homeschooling or thinking about homeschooling under the six week on one week off model, you probably finished up your holiday break and then are coming up on another break at six weeks in mid-February. So let's just launch right into how homeschooling has looked for us during COVID over the last few months, the numbers have gone up. I think a lot of us had hope that things were going to become a little more normal and we're not seeing that happen. We know that our public school friends, probably some of them sent their kids back to school and have had to pull out again or are considering pulling out again. And it's just been a lot of upheaval for everyone. So who would like to talk a little bit about how your climate and your homeschool has been impacted or the people around you, your friends in public school have been impacted by the numbers that we're seeing in the country right now. Annie? Well, we here in North Dakota um, had a peak between Thanksgiving, a couple weeks after Thanksgiving. And so our governor closed things down again. We have 25% restaurant occupancy. We institute a mask requirement for the first time. And so our bishop in our church asked our churches to close for six weeks through Advent and Christmas, which was super hard as a part-time pastor. You know, we, we did what our bishop asked of us and closed. And that was hard for our communities. That was hard for my kids not to be in church for... Advent for Christmas Eve. And so that's been hard. But as far as academic stuff has gone, um, we have not had a piano lesson since March. Our piano teacher um, is in one of the risk categories. And so we are very cognizant of, of her and her family. Our library, um, we used to go once a week. Now we're lucky if we go once a month. They've been very gracious with waiving all the late fees and stuff like that. But still, it's hard not to go to a place that's near and dear to us. We've done extra projects at home um, here in North Dakota. The weather has been, dare I say, balmy. We have very little snow on the ground, which is very unusual for January. So our farm work continues. And somebody said to me the other day, oh, I bet you were loving not having much snow. And I looked at them and I said, no, I'm tired. I want a three-day blizzard. When there's not the amount of snow that we usually have, we're still doing stuff. We're building fence. We're doing some other jobs that would have been stopped by the weather before, but they keep going. So I'm kind of ready for a break. I was just going to say this totally resonates with me. Our libraries have been reduced to weekday hours, which I find really kind of strange. So they're closed on the weekends, maybe just to reduce overall visits. Uh, But it's been very hard for us to get there during the work week because, of course, I work as well as homeschool. So I actually, we actually went on Friday and I took my work laptop and I worked while the girls selected books because they were like, we just haven't been in so long. So things are definitely reduced here. Even our zoo has shut down. They didn't shut down during the first lockdown, but they're shut down now as are all the museums. So the only thing that is really open that we can go do 
as far as like a cultural thing is our local botanic gardens and we can be outside there, but even the nature center is closed. And, you know, the zoo is mostly outdoors too. So everyone's taking the numbers here in Tennessee really seriously. And it definitely impacts our ability to do those extra things that we like to do outside the house. Yeah, I agree. Sports have been a big one for my kids. So, you know, everything stopped at the end of the year last year, end of the school year, and we had to go on Zoom and everything for my girls' dance studio. My boys' spring soccer was canceled, but then they were able to have fall soccer. And then my girls started up dance in September again in person in the studio. And my boys had just started basketball when our state locked down again and indoor sports were canceled. And so that's been a big hit for my kids is not being able to do their sports. I'd say that's one of the things that have hit us the hardest, as well as the library. Our library recently opened back up, I want to say October, November. They were a little later opening because they were doing construction. But once they finally opened, we only have a 30-minute slot that we're allowed to go in for. So it's not like we can, I could take work there and do anything. We're only allowed to be there 30 minutes to kind of, they call it grab and go. Yeah, I have not been to the library with my kids since March, which feels crazy. I've only been there to drop off stuff in the like little drop-off slot, things that we had taken out in January and February that uh, because there were no fees, I think we kept them until about May, but we have not been in person and I haven't borrowed any books, which means I've been buying a ton of books. So that's one thing that's changed is our book budget has been blown out this year, but I never mind buying books. And then I will say that in my eight years of homeschooling, this is the only time I've ever worried about my kids' socialization because because we are seeing no one and no one in our family is high risk, but you know, Michigan cases have been pretty high from the beginning, you know, up and down a little bit. Summer was a nice break because we could see people outside and we did, but right now it's getting colder here and, you know, we're trying to see some friends outside when we can, but also by the time this airs, we will have moved from Michigan to Tennessee. So we're kind of trying to get in like the last visits we can with friends, but also weighing the risks, making sure that the friends that we're going to see, you know, take COVID precautions to the same level that our family does and having to make some of those tough decisions. That's probably the thing that I've noticed, especially in my oldest is like that. He's just really missing being able to see his friends in person. So, you know, we're having to be creative. Like the other ladies have said, you know, a lot of our public gathering places are not open or, you know, you're not going to go to the park for very long if the bathrooms are locked. So just trying to be creative, take a lot of hikes and um, get outside when we can. Yeah. And I think what we want to communicate here is there's solidarity among the entire parenting community, whether you are public school or homeschooling, we're all affected in some way. And I had someone say to me, oh, you probably really hasn't changed your guys' life much. I'm like, no, academically, it really hasn't. You know, we're used to being home during the bulk of our days. And, you know, we're used to being cozy and hunkering down in the winter. It's not deadly cold here in Tennessee. It did snow today and it has been in the very low 30s, it was below freezing today. And that's unusual. But most of the time in the winter, we can get out, you know, and take walks, we can go to the park, we can do those kind of things. And so we have been trying to do those. But the social limitations, I feel the same way. Normally, we're not, I'm not worried about whether my kids have been able to see people. They definitely have been on Zoom or FaceTime with family and with cousins and things more than they have in the past, but that even got old after a while. And they're sort of sick of screens and kind of that zoom burnout that adults are talking about, you know, being on the computer. I took a full zoom break for two months, November and December, and it was 
very refreshing. You know, we're all sort of burned out of digital communication. Everyone, I think, is is kind of in the same boat when it comes to those relationship pieces. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about schooling in winter and how during the winter months, whether you're in a warmer climate or a colder climate, how that changes your homeschool. I know, especially Annie's the farthest north with the most snow. So how does winter change what you do in your homeschool, Annie? Well, most winters, uh, we have a lot of snow on the ground. We have below zero temperatures, winds. We still have chores to do. I mean, our animals still need to be fed and they need bedding and to be cared for. So we're outside for some portion of every day. It's just shorter portions. Even when my kids were little, if it was above zero, we would be outside at least for some portion of the day. As they've gotten older, of course, they can stay out for longer periods of time. But even littles, I always wanted to get them outside, just some fresh air into their lungs and move their big muscles. And so we are still outside doing farm stuff. But in the in the longer nights, um, it gets dark here about 4.30 and doesn't get light till about 8.30 or 9 o'clock. So we have more dark time, which means that's more kind of snuggle time. So it's more reading. Um, we generally start some different craft projects, building, creating. That just gives us more time to work on those things, not just our core academics. Lindsay, what about you? You're, well, you and Heather both are the next farthest north although you're gonna you're gonna have a big big change coming (laughs) i told Lindsay she's moving moving just a couple hours east of me i told her i said you're gonna be running around in shorts and light jackets you're gonna be struck by it's supposed to be 50 here tomorrow so yeah it's it's gonna be a huge change moving from michigan to central tennessee yeah considering that like last spring there was a day that was like 55 and my youngest tried to go swimming in the neighbor's pond like i mean everyone is going to know that we're from the North when we get there. You know, I think most winters and this winter really hasn't looked too different from most of our winters so far that we've homeschooled, but kind of like Annie's family, like a lot more snuggle time. I struggle with it getting dark at like five o'clock, especially because that means we have several hours of dark to fill before our kids go to bed. We are always kind of working through a read aloud in the winter. I read aloud in the evenings as opposed to during the day. It's kind of nice because my husband gets to be a part of it too. Our current read aloud is called Tristan Strong Punches a Hole in the Sky. And I can't remember the um, author's name, but it's one of the Rick Rorden Presents books and kind of ties in African folktales. And it's been really good. The kids are enjoying it and I am too. And then we watch more TV as a family in the winter too. That means incorporating some into our homeschool. So today I watched about half of the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma with my kids, which is all about social media and how like the attention economy and how apps and software are developed to keep our attention and how addictive it can be. And we've started to kind of have those conversations. And then today in the evening, while we're recording, my husband is watching old episodes of America's Funniest Home Videos with my kids because they're really into slapstick comedy, especially my youngest. That's something we've been trying to do is like, hey, what's a family friendly series like we could watch as a family a couple evenings a week. And I feel like 
our screen time is even like increased lately because we are moving in two weeks. You know, we've got a lot to, to get done. And my husband and I are like fairly mentally exhausted at the end of the day. I'm homeschooling, he's working full time. And then we're, you know, trying to do mortgage stuff and relocation stuff. So it's a lot. So we're just tired <laughs> to be perfectly honest. We're tired. So some good old screen time is just what the doctor ordered for us right now. That makes sense, which is a good testament to homeschool being flexible with mm-hmm. where your life is and that you're able to to flex out and do what you need to do and not worry about what everybody's getting done or checking all the boxes. You can check different boxes for a little bit. Yeah. Like we're totally, as far as our academics go for the next probably four or five weeks until we're settled, I've told the kids, like, let's just worry about reading, writing, and math getting those done every day. If we check those boxes, then we can bake something, watch a movie together, you know, kind of trying to make it a little more fun because it's going to be, you know, um, mentally and emotionally challenging for the kids to go through the move too. So we're trying to really focus on everyone's mental and emotional health right now and a little less on like, did you do a whole math page or not today? Totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I would say for us, I don't think we change a whole lot in the winter, except for, you know, we're not going out as much or doing things outside because I don't like the cold. And if there's snow on the ground, my kids know, um, I tell them I'm allergic to it. <laughs> I, I avoid it at all possible costs. So I would say there's probably a lot more baking and things like that that happen. And again, like Lindsay said, we do a lot more family movie time or show time, I should say. We've been going through the Little House series the last couple of years, and both my girls got the next two seasons on DVDs for Christmas this year, so we'll be starting those soon. And that's something that we do as a family in the evening once or twice a week to just pass the time in the winter. My crafting bug definitely bites me in the winter, and so I spend more time knitting. We have a, in our family room, we have a fire, a wood burning fireplace, which I've never had before until we moved into this house. And I'm really in love with the Duraflame logs that last, you know, four hours because I know I can start to fire at this time and it will be done by bedtime. And I don't have to worry about, sometimes I've gotten a batch of wood where it's burned forever. I'm like, this fire is never going to go out. So yeah, making a fire in the fireplace and sitting and doing some crafting. My older daughters very slowly and gradually learning to knit and she'll sit down and do a couple rows. We actually started watching last night, the new PBS masterpiece version of all creatures, great and small. <gasps> How is it? Oh, Annie, it was so fabulous. And the girls both sat and watched it. And uh, my older daughter was just like, mom, I love this. And we of course have read the James Harriet stories for children. And I have read, I've read the, the first two books in his series. I have not read all things wise and wonderful yet. From seeing the first episode, it was really true to the beginning of the book. The humor was there. Even when he gets into the car with Siegfried the first time and they take off, not to give spoilers here, but his seat falls over because it's not anchored to the floor of the car. So it was funny and it was very real. And I feel like that's going to be a really rich TV series for us. You know, Tennessee, it is sort of like a long November. It's just brown all winter. And so you don't, we still can get outside. We can go for long walks and get some sun when the sun is out, which is nice, but it is, um, it's not pretty. More books, more music, more crafts. And Sounds it's, like heaven. <laughs> well, and we've gotten so far as a, a modern culture from living seasonally. And of course, Annie, you're living seasonally 
very much. Lindsay lives very seasonally because of the flower farm, but the rest of us, you can go to the grocery store and buy whatever fruits and vegetables you want. But in the wintertime, I tend to draw back from that and make more soups. I use more things from the freezer, cooking differently, sort of finding those seasonal rhythms and bringing that into just your daily life makes the homeschooling a little different. And I read different books at this time of the year too. You know, you're drawn to more cozy stories. Mm -hmm. I'm drawn to longer books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that too. Because I don't have to see it. You know, I have such, I have less reading time in the summer. And so what I get, I want to feel like I'm making progress. So I'm drawn to some bigger books in the winter. What is everyone reading with their kids right now? We are trying to finish uh, Narnia because my kids have, they have never read Harry Potter. I've been saving it because my kids are all a year apart. So I wanted to wait until the youngest one turned 10 and she turns 10 in less than two weeks. We're finishing Narnia and we're listening to it. Kenneth Branagh is narrating The Silver Chair and that's the last one that we have. So uh, we'll finish that and then we'll start Harry Potter. That's so funny, Annie, because we did Harry Potter last year and we're going to do Narnia this year. <laughs> oh, yes. Audible had all of the books in one credit. Wow. All, all seven of them. So that's the one I picked. And like Kenneth Branagh, uh, who played Picard? Oh, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. He mm-hmm. narrates one of them, like the outstanding narration. And it was all seven for one credit. This is going to sound weird, but he's my old man crush. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a category we're picking now? I didn't know that. Instead of what's saving your homeschool, we're doing who's your old man crush? Is that what we're doing now? George Clooney, for sure. For sure. Oh, you know, and he is an old man. And we were, my husband and I were talking about how, oh. how Matthew Broderick is an old man. Like, he's not Ferris Bueller anymore. I'm like, oh my no. gosh. This is what was it? Making me feel old. It was like over sometime around the holidays, they released another Some Good News. And George yes. Clooney did the weather. And I didn't recognize him. I was like, who is that? <laughs> and then I, when it hit me, I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> That's fabulous. This is so boring. We also just finished The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So are we all reading Narnia? Lindsay, tell me you're not reading Narnia. We're not, no. So we're reading that Tristan Strong punches a hole in the sky, which is actually, so that's part of my daughter's curriculum for the year. That book was it. So we're using um, Build Your Library, and that was one of her readers. But I just decided for the winter months that instead of having her read all of these things on her own, like we would just pick one to be a family read aloud. And that one was like fun and different. My oldest has read like all of the Percy Jackson and stuff like that. So I thought that, you know, it would definitely keep his interest too. What else am I reading? I'm reading a lot of the all about reading level one readers with my seven-year-old because he's finally decided that he wants to learn to read and actually doesn't fight me about it. So he's starting to fly through it. And that's it. That's all I'm reading with the kids right now. I mean, we have some stuff that we're working through like in our morning time, but there are more like curriculum books. Probably our favorite one. Well, I can't say our. My favorite one, the kids thought it was too gross sometimes, but it was all about the history of tuberculosis. It was super fascinating, especially to read about a plague in a time of a plague, right? How long they think it's been around pretty much since there's been humans, there's 
been tuberculosis almost as long and just all the different things that they tried to see if it would work to help people. I mean, some of them were like truly horrific, but I really like science. So I thought it was really interesting to learn the whole history of that. I didn't really know much about it before, but like I said, I think that my kids would probably give it like a three star and I gave it a five. (laughs) I remember reading Ellen Montgomery's books growing up and there's always someone who's got well, they called it consumption, consumption. Back then because yeah. it consumed you. Yes. Somebody dying of galloping consumption. And when I was a kid, I didn't know what that was. But I thought, this is this horrible disease. It still actually is, uh, according to it. when this book was published, it's still the number one killer oh. worldwide as far as like uh, contagious diseases go. Well, if Lindsay can find the name of the book, we can put that in the show notes for anyone <laughs> well, listening. Sure. I'm sorry, I'm really, the worst at that. <laughs> who might be really interested in the history? I always feel like I say that every time. Like, there's this great book, but I don't remember the name of it because I just don't have a great memory. So I will get it for you, though. Well, let's ask this on a slightly different book topic: Is anyone <laughs> reading for self, like mother culture type growth? Are you reading anything to for homeschool encouragement or motherhood encouragement? I haven't started anything this year yet. No. No, me neither. I've been reading a lot, but nothing in that vein. I found that starting last year, I was just really craving a lot of fiction. Like I I tend to kind of go with my personal reading, like a fiction and a nonfiction. I'll go back and forth. But last year I read a ton of fiction. I think I read 30 fiction books and not maybe 15 nonfiction, not a whole lot. But I just started The Sixth Extinction, which is super uplifting. (laughs) It's basically about the mass extinction we're living through right now. Hmm. Yeah, you're reading, reading some joyful things. The <laughs> Liturgy of the Ordinary. Mm, oh, that's by, a really good book. By Tish Harrison Warren. Yeah. Yeah, I just started I, that. I really, really love that book. Me too. Well, I am reading something like 14 or 16 books right now, which that's very normal for me. So <laughs> if you want to know more about my wacky reading habits, you can find me on Instagram under Harmony Harkama and under my link tree, there is a link to a blog post that explains how I read. Mm-hmm. I kind of do it like a college syllabus. So I'm always, I read something different every day of the week and sometimes two books. And then I have daily reads and then I have, you know, like fiction that I read and listen to on audio in not those times, but I have morning reading five days a week that I sign to myself. One of the Facebook groups that I am in is a group called the Potato Peel Pie Society named after the book, The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society book club. And it's this huge Facebook group. And then it's got subgroups within it. So there is a group called Mother Culture. There are a lot of homeschool moms in this online book club. We are reading a couple of different books right now. The first one for me is a reread. And I think this is the third time I've been through it, but I absolutely love it. It's The Life-Giving Home by Sally Clarkson and Sarah Clarkson. And it walks you through, there are like three introductory chapters that are just about creating a warm, spiritually refreshing home culture and the reasons for that. And then she walks you through, there's a different theme for each month of the year. So we're reading that. And then I'm also reading, her name is Becky, I want to say Rapinchuk. She is Clean Mama is what her handle is on social media. But she has a book called Clean Mama's Guide to a Peaceful Home. And it says, the subtitle is Effortless Systems and Joyful Rituals for a Calm, Cozy Home. And I'm like, I got to read this because if it is possible to make washing sheets more joyful, I'm going to know how. (laughs) So we are reading that. And then we're going to be reading a book called Splendor in the Ordinary by Thomas Howard, which is also about home and home life. So these are not necessarily homeschool, but definitely encouragement for moms who are trying to create a home environment that is both nurturing and refreshing and refreshing to yourself as well as to your family. And didn't you mention another one, Harmony? 
another book. Oh yes. Okay. So that's another one of my, just my own reads. It's, it's another Sally Clarkson. It's called own your life. So this is my second time through this one. And I I really like it. The subtitle is living with deep intention, bold faith and generous love. And she is actually doing a podcast series on this right now. So if you're listening to this in February, it'll be her podcast series. Um, She's doing two different series. One on Mondays, one on Wednesdays that started in early January. And it's just about living with spiritual intention and identifying, Mm -hmm. you know, how God wants you to spend your days. It's really more about the heart. And so when I first picked it up, I was like, oh, I want to own my life. And it's really about a surrender and Mm -hmm. being in the moment, being fully present. And there's a chapter in here on home. There's a chapter on walking with the spirit of God. There's lots of really good biblical truth in it. I find in her writing, she's always, especially in the last several years with her latest books about building legacy. And so there's a legacy piece to this too, you know, always thinking about what's the fruit of my days going to be and being able to see that, you know, a lot of times we walk through our days and it's like, it's laundry. And can I get dinner on the table and rush to the next thing and checking the boxes, but how can you pause for a minute and see the spiritual fruit that you're creating and Mm -hmm. find satisfaction and contentment in sort of the mundane everyday stuff. And I really like how she hones in on that. I'm reading the three that Harmony mentioned for the mother culture group. I just finished Bill Bryson's latest book called The Body, A Guide for Occupants. Mm -hmm. And I love Bill Bryson. He is to me funny, slightly irreverent, but I always learn a lot from Bill. And so The Body did not disappoint. It's excellent. I'm also reading a comfort read. I go to Louis L'Amour when I just need just a good comforting fiction. And so I'm reading Calligan right now. And that has been a while since I've read that one. So it's good. It's almost fresh and new to me because it's been a while. And then up next is one of my favorite authors, Craig Johnson. Um, He writes the Longmire Mysteries. I have been saving his uh, latest for a snow day that we have not had. And so I think I'm just going to bite the bullet quite literally and read next to the last stand. So that'll take me a day or two of literary bliss. So I have a question because you mentioned that Annie, I have a problem when I am like very into a fiction book that nothing else in my house gets done. I will sit and read for hours and hours and then it'll be like time for dinner. And I'll just say, good luck family, find it, figure it out yourself today. Cause I'm like, get so into the book. Does that happen to you? Is that why you save them for a snow day? Yes, that's exactly why. And I just (laughs) get lost. So my kids have coupons for like special events. And so for Valentine's Day, I give them like homemade coupons that they can cash in. And sometimes it's, you know, get a new book from the bookstore or something like that. Anyway, the one that I give my son that he most covets is reading day with mom. Mm. We will pick a day. Okay, this is going to be our reading day. What do you want for snacks? What do you want for beverages? And we plan to read an entire day. It's his favorite coupon. I may have to institute that at our house. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. We love it. I would like that. Make your own coupons. (laughs) Tell your family, hey, mom's cashing this one in. That's why I have to limit my fiction because I just get lost in it. I just, I have to limit myself because I know that it consumes me and I don't do anything else. I think that's why in the last few years have really started to do fiction on audio because Mm -hmm. I can listen and fold low laundry. I can listen and cook dinner. I can listen and, you know, whatever, go on my walk. And so I'm getting my fiction in and I'm not pulled up in a corner somewhere because that is what used to happen. So I've really turned to audio and that's been a huge help to me. Mm-hmm. 
going to talk about taking breaks and then restarting and refreshing. You know, I think we all took a little break over the holidays and then some of us are coming up on a break at six weeks. And so how do we, how do we use break time to benefit our homeschools? How do we use break time to reassess, to make changes? And maybe even with the last break that you took, whenever that was, how did that affect your homeschool? Did you change things? Why is it beneficial to take breaks? Some people say you take that many breaks or that long of a break. You know, what happens to kids retain and how does that affect your families and your kids? Because I find that breaks are really good. Yeah, we took a two-week break over the holidays. And honestly, I could have used three. And the only reason I didn't take three is because we are taking a week off in February to go skiing, or I would have taken another one over the holidays just because we ended, you know, with what Christmas was on a Friday. So we stopped the Friday before that. But then that week I was still, you know, we're moms. We had a lot to get done that week, right? Like it did not feel like a break to me at all. And then I had a daughter that turned 13, four days after Christmas. So there was no break there either because it was like we went from Christmas to trying to figure out how to celebrate her 13th birthday and everything. And so I really could have used another break, a longer break, but we kept it to the two weeks. What I did use that time for, it's good because it just helps you to reevaluate, right? To take a minute, okay, reevaluate the first half of the year. How did it go? What was working? What wasn't working? I had this grand plan. One of my sons wanted to really study geology this year. And I was like, all right, we'll do it. And I bought books and books and books and books. And I was like, we're going to do this. I'm going to be such a cool mom. And we're going to, we're going to do all this geology stuff. We, we didn't do any geology stuff the first semester. And I like, I wanted to be that mom that could just open up these books and do something. And I'm not like this. That's not me. Like I want to be that mom, but it's not me. And it's just like, I can't do it. So over the break, I went online and I ordered a geology curriculum that I could just open up and it tells me what to do. And last week, boom, we did a geology lesson and it worked. So that's what, you know, taking a break does. Okay. I was like, okay, this is not working. I bought this stuff and I wanted it to work, but it's, it's not working. And so I reevaluated same thing with my oldest daughter in high school. I was like, okay, how's everything going? I was looking at her work and you know, it's just one of her things like with her writing. I was like, yeah, you know what? I think you need to be accountable to somebody other than me for this. And so I'm going to be signing her up for an online writing class that she's, it's an eight week class that she's going to do just because we evaluated how it was going and we needed to change it. That's what I really like about the breaks. Just having that time to pause. It gives you time to regroup, to look into what other things you can use and start off again strong. Well, I think what you just said was a really good testament to not having to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like you didn't just scrap the geology or someone wants to study geology, but let's find a way that works for him and for you and move forward. Yeah. Today was actually our first day. Today is January 11th back for the spring semester. I did take an extra week. I took the week off after the new year holiday, just because with the move going on and then Right. Usually right before New Year's, I'll kind of do like what Heather talked about, like what's working, what's not working, what do we need to change? And, you know, I've tried to do that while we're doing 
academics before, but it's just harder to get the space you need to really look at what you're doing and evaluate, like, does it really need to change? Or is it just something's going on with this kid or something's going on with me, the teacher that I need to motivate myself or, you know, lots of different reasons things aren't working. Sometimes it's not the curriculum. Sometimes it's us or the kid. So the only thing I'm, we're really changing is um, I'm changing writing curriculums for my oldest. We've been using IEW for several years and it's worked really well for him. I think that it was what he needed when he was just kind of starting to do some basic writing to give him a foundation. He's a very formulaic thinker and it's a very formulaic curriculum. So you know, you write your basic sentence and then you can add in, they call them dress ups, which are like your adverbs or clauses to make it more interesting. And that really worked for him. But we've done several books that are really similar now that have just kind of increased in complexity of the writing, but like the formula is still the same. I think he's just getting bored with it. So we're switching to write shop for him. It gives him a little more freedom with experiencing some different kinds of writing, persuasive writing and creative writing, writing, you know, book reports and things like that versus just what we've been doing with the IEW, which is a lot of the keyword outline, and then you rewrite something in your own words. So I'm just hoping it'll be, you know, a little bit of a change for him. So far, I feel good this year because there's some years where I get to the point, you know, midway point in January, I'm like, I want to scrap the whole thing. So this year it was only the writing. So I feel like we're doing pretty good. And then, you know, just trying to plan out. We have been on a six weeks on one week off schedule and we loved it for the fall. The kids were very much like, you know, we'd get to the sixth week and they'd be like, next week, we don't have to do school for the whole week, which is hilarious because it's like four days out of the week because we only do school four days a week, but they really enjoyed the breaks. And so did I, uh, I think it would be, you know, if it wasn't pandemic times, it probably would have been a little bit better of breaks because we would have done more field trips and stuff like that. But everyone still enjoyed the break and it felt like just enough time for a quick reset. That will look a little different for us with the move coming up because we will have three weeks of school in January and then a break for a week or two while we get settled. And then we'll probably do more like eight weeks and then another break, you know, around Easter. So I'll just kind of see what it looks like and trying to be flexible with that. We ended up taking longer of a break and kind of had an abrupt end before Christmas. We had a very dear person to us die by suicide and that just kind of rocked our world. Everything came to a screeching halt. And so we spent last week just finishing up everything that we were going to do before Christmas, kind of more of a gentle, let's get back into it. And then this week is full curriculum. You, know, you didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to wrap things up like I wanted. There were Christmas crafts that we had planned. I have the materials all here that didn't get done. And so trying to decide if we're going to call them a winter craft or just save them for next year or what we're going to do. But I had some things that we had planned and that just didn't happen. Yeah, I feel like I've gone back to trial by fire. Christmas Day, we were opening gifts and my husband's work phone started to buzz and he has a federal job. And so he got called to Nashville to deal with the explosion there and was gone for six days. So that kind of threw our our break time into sort of crazy, what are we doing now? You know, I don't know. I took a couple days just to sort of decompress after that and refocus, but I had to go back to work on January 4th. So I figured if we're going to, if I'm going to go back to work, I might as well, we might as well just all get back into our routines and be in January. And I actually really like January. I love the weeks, actually January and February that there's sort of a calm hush after the holidays, you put away the Christmas decorations and restore the house to this sort of simpler space. And I decorate a little bit differently. I, I have a 
teapot on my mantle right now and try to make things sort of cozier and settle in for this like sort of winter feeling. So I didn't really change a whole lot. You know, sometimes coming away from a break, I'll do some cleaning or I, you know, use that time to sort of reset the house and then come back into just a more tranquil restart. I tend to make less curriculum changes, but more refreshing of the spirit and taking a deep breath before we get back to just sort of routines and work. As we close here, we always ask, what is saving your homeschool right now? So Annie, what is saving your homeschool right now? Our North Dakota State Parks Department for years has had this 12 hikes in 12 months. But in years past, you have had to go to a specific state park and do a specific hike on a specific day. And they have great prizes if you complete all 12 hikes. And we've always wanted to participate. We could never do it because life happens and we can't get there on that particular day. But this is one of the things I'm thankful for because of the pandemic. They didn't want people gathering to hike all together as in years past. So they opened it up and using technology, we can hike any one of 20 different trails all across our state and they open up a two-week window so it's not that particular day so today i'm happy to announce that the carlson family did their first hike of 2021 there is a sign at the start of the trailhead and you scan in your qr code and you log your hike they ask you how many people are in your party and then there's a camera somewhere along the trail that photos your feet as you walk past and so they can make sure you did the hike instead of just click the qr codes we're doing the shorter trails during the winter and then we'll do the longer trails uh, when the weather is better but today we did 1.8 miles and it was fairly up and down. Like I said, they have fabulous prizes. And so the kids and I are super excited that they've opened it up so that lots more people can participate and at our own paces and at our own schedules. And we were literally the only ones out there in the entire state park. We didn't see anybody else. That is such an amazing idea. I mm-hmm. want to do it. Yeah, it's super awesome. <clears throat> I told my kids, this is physical education. Mm-hmm. No one else is hiking today for physical education. <laughs> I wonder if Michigan has anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. The reason it's saving my homeschool is that my kids, you know, like Harmony said, so many things are closed. So many field trips or places we would stop in and do a tour or work with people we know to go visit, you know, their workplaces or do something cool. They're not doing it. And so it literally gives my kids something to put on the calendar and say, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something we're going to go out and do. We like to get out every once in a while. And this gives us something to look forward to. I think I'm going to make my own 12 hikes in 12 months in the Michigan State Parks. There's great state parks in Michigan and great hikes. Mm -hmm. There there are. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All right. Lindsay, what's saving your homeschool right now? Uh, This is going to be a very random thing, but Dogman graphic novels are saving my homeschool right now. Uh, Dogman is written by the same author who writes the Captain Underpants, which I have always been like, no, my kids are never reading those right. But my seven-year-old, we call him Baby Frat Boy. He's very into slapstick humor, runs around our house all the time with no shirt on. He's like really into pranks. He wants to play truth or dare all the time and like always takes the dare. He's just really different from my oldest son. He's also my most reluctant reader. And that includes my daughter who has dyslexia. Like she didn't want to read 
read because it was difficult for her. He just does not want to sit and learn and read. But I had another friend, has he ever read Dogman? I was like, no. And she said, it's kind of like a comic book graphic novel, which all of my kids love graphic novels. We have so many graphic novels of some really great books like Anne of Green Gables and A Wrinkle in Time. And we just got the one for like the Golden Compass. We have some really great graphic novels. So I got Dogman. Dogman is the most ridiculous book I've probably ever read to a child. The premise is that a police dog and a police officer get injured and the police officer's head is injured and the dog's body is injured. So the nurse decides to sew the dog's head onto the police officer's body (laughs) and then chaos and mischief and all kinds of things ensue. The pictures are very juvenile looking. It looks like a kid drew it. So I think he likes that. And it's just a lot of very silly humor, but this is the thing that has lit my kids reading spark. You know, I used to be kind of like a little bit of a literature snob for my kids. Oh, I don't want them reading this or that. But now I'm kind of like, you know what, if they're reading and it's not, you know, crass or completely inappropriate, then fine. We will have the silly nonsensical humor if that's what makes this guy learn to read. And he is so motivated to read these on his own. I feel like he's taken nine months worth of reading in the last two weeks and just like smushed it all in. So dog man it is. That's fantastic. I firmly maintain that Calvin and Hobbes taught my kids to read. Oh, we love Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Heather, what's saving your homeschool? I think I'm going to go with doing our reset right now. You know, just having started back up last week and having some new fresh curriculum. I think also too, after the break, as a mom, we just have a renewed energy or a renewed passion. We're refreshed, right? So I think that too is saving my home. After the two weeks of not doing school, I'm refreshed and I'm ready to put my all back into it again. I think for me, it's these are small things and probably have more to do with saving mom. <laughs> um, candles, just lighting a candle, having that flickering little flame is very calming to me. And then also I have a number of different instrumental Spotify playlists that just sort of bring everybody down a notch. Super helpful for keeping the momentum going. Well, it's great being with you ladies tonight. And we will be back with you guys, listeners, in another week for the next episode. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Relatable Homeschoolers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You can find links to all the books and resources we mention on the show at our website, therelatablehomeschoolers.com. We would love to hear your homeschooling questions. You can email us at therelatablehomeschoolers at gmail.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Relatable Homeschoolers. We'd love it if you leave a rating and review for us on iTunes. It only takes a minute and we'll ensure more homeschooling mamas get to hear our show. We'll be back with another episode soon. Until then, happy homeschooling. Schooling.